What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Damo back in the show, and we are going to do our point guard episode today where we talk about where what we think the Wizards should do, a, a direction we think that they might go in in terms of addressing the point guard position because we know right now with our starting five that that is the biggest hole. But before we get into that, I figured we would recap from when we had Kevin Broom on last time to just go over any thoughts from anything that Kevin might have said. I, he gave a lot of perspective and insight and definitely uh, appreciated him taking the time to to come on our show and give his opinion because I, something that his approach does sometimes that I think a lot of the times fans don't want to see is, is, you know, I mean, for most of the time, the stats don't lie. I, stats don't give you contacts and things like that. And so that's where, if I ever had any disagreements, I would sort of disagree with that stuff because there, there's context into why numbers are the way that they are. But for the most part, uh, you know, he, he gave pretty good insight on Rui, Denny, sort of the, the, the direction of the franchise. And uh, Dom, I, you didn't really get a chance to, to speak on the last episode just because we wanted to make sure that we gave Kevin his time to put his thoughts out there. But what, what did you think in summary about everything that he had to say? I, I, I kind of uh, align with most of it. I, I think, I think his overarching uh, theme was that, you know, the wizards, they didn't draft busts, but they kind of just drafted a bunch of rotation players. And when you don't have a generational guy at the top of your roster, you kind of need those picks to be more than just seventh, eighth men in order to really see that that jump in the wins that that us as fans are looking for. And if we're just being 100% honest, Denny Rui haven't been that. Jisper is still to be determined. I mean, but um, and and definitely Troy Brown Jr. Uh, wasn't that. So uh, you know, looking at the last four drafts, even though I know Tommy wasn't the head guy on that one, but um, yeah, they got to get more from those top ten picks, and I think this year in particular is going to be probably the biggest year for for Denny because usually year three you kind of start to kind of peg okay this is what we have um and it's it's really sink or swim time that's why I think the 
Rui missing those 40 games this year kind of really changed the evaluation on him because he was supposed to have the type of year that you're seeing from a Jordan Poole or or a, a Tyler Hero, where those guys are really putting their foot and stamp on the league as really good players. And him missing those 40 games kind of just, you know, with a new coaching staff and having to get in condition and everything, it just kind of threw the evaluation off of him. So now they go into his fourth year and they may or may not know what they have still. And you got to make a decision on whether to pay him. Because he was supposed to start. And he it's was. getting, it, it, it's, you know, it's to that point now where before, you know, if you asked this question a couple years ago, I think we felt pretty comfortable about going into a second contract with Rui. But at this point, um, I'm not so sure where his price is, is going to be just again, because his evaluation is just so murky because of those games that he missed. Um, and so, I mean, at, at this point, I'm not sure how comfortable I am going into a second contract with Rui. And Rui, I, I think, is a little bit more polished as of now than Denny. So if I'm not comfortable going into a second contract with Rui, I for damn sure am not going into a second contract with Denny. So uh, big year, obviously, for, for both of them coming up. But I'm just not sure with, with our winning agenda, how good KCP was for us last year, Kuzma's emergence. I'm not so sure how much time they're going to get on the floor. And that's before our MLE edition. Beal's going to be back, so that's going to be taking minutes from guys. KP now. So, you know, I'm just not sure how much opportunity those guys are going to have. And if I have to pay around $10 million for bench players who aren't two-way, at least as of right now, you know, I, I probably don't have any interest in, in pursuing that as of right now. Um, but... Again, thanks to, to Kevin for coming on last episode. It was great. Uh, gave us a lot of insight. And th like you said, I definitely agree with uh, most, if not everything that he said. Uh, at the end of the day, the Wizards are not good for a reason. And um, it's not because all of our players are good and just aren't playing well. So, um, But moving on to our point guard discussion. Obviously, it's the weakest hole. In our starting five, Wizards fans have mixed opinions on how to address it. Do you want to stay with a cheap guy like Sadoransky, which I still think makes a lot of sense? Do you want to go the trade route, pursue a guy like uh, a Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, I think DeJounte Murray is going to be a little bit out of our price range, but uh, he's still been in the discussion somewhat. Um, or do you just use your MLE and sign a guy, DeLon Wright, John Wall? Do you conduct this sign-and-trade and get uh, Tyus Jones? So those are all options that we're going to go over today plus more. But, Damu, re regarding the, the point guard position, how do you feel about it, generally speaking? Like, do, do, ha Has your mind changed on what type of guy you think we need to bring in in terms of the current guys on the roster, uh, Ish Smith, Sadoransky? Are those guys that you – are interested in bringing back? Would you bring neither of them back? Maybe one of them? How do you view our, our current point guard position in general? Only point guard I'm bringing back out of this group uh, this year is, is Sadoransky. Um, you look at his, his assist rate, um, I believe it was 12.3 assists per 100. By far the best on the team. 
You look at the lineups he was involved in towards the end of the season with KP, they were the best offensive lineups by far this year because you basically put Sato and four shooters on the floor, and it was the best offense you ran um, for the season. So, um, And he plays good defense. He's 6'7". He just kind of he's he's passed first, second, and third, and he just gets out the way and impacts the game without a lot of touches. Um, they need more of that um, because I think in theory next year this offense is going to run mostly through KP and Beal um, and, and even Kuzma, uh, and so you need guys that impact the game without having to have the rock and. I just feel like bringing in a high usage guy that, you know, got to get warmed up and get touches and get, you know, five, six shots up first before he get in rhythm. I just don't think that fits well. Like I, I we saw that movie already. Um, we've seen it multiple times here next to Beal. Um, the most recent version of it was Spencer Dinwiddie um, coming off ACL. And we saw how that experiment turned out. So uh, I would rather go. uh Cheap on cheap on that end. Um, well, I don't want to say cheap, but I, I would say bargain. Like I feel like they can get um, guys that kind of fit that Sadoransky mold um, that that aren't liabilities on the defensive end that move the ball, can make an open shot, and facilitate the offense. Um, if you can get that, then I think you can address. Uh, other needs on the team, which I still feel like that wing spot is 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 a hole. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would. I've kind of gone back and forth on it a lot. Like, you know, the Malcolm Brogdon's, the the uh, the Ty Jones, um, you know, Wall bringing Wall back. Um, but I just think for the the price when I when I'm looking at the price of it. Um, you know, uh, the amount of assets you may have to, to give up to get those type of players, a Mike Conley even. Um, is it worth giving up your depth for some of these guys that are, you know, 33 plus have injury histories? Um, is it worth sacrificing that when you can get, you know, 70, 80 percent of that production at, you know, one fifth the price, and then you can use some of that other money to address other holes on your roster. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. That's where I'm at with it on this point. I definitely want to go cheaper with the position, unless it's like a Dejounte Murray, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. You know, a, a good young point guard on the rise who is just on a bad team, and maybe they're just looking to, to offload salary. Uh, I, I have no interest in pursuing a trade. And we can kind of get to uh, each option here in a second. We'll kind of go one by one here of the, the popular names that have been discussed. But I'm definitely with you that the, the wing position still needs to be addressed. And as we see now in the playoffs with the, the when you I know Middleton's not playing, but when you have Middleton Giannis, you have um, Tatum Brown, you have uh Jimmy Butler, you, 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 there's a premium on the position. And in some aspects, in, like in NFL, where you want to have guys to compete within your division, in basketball, you need to try and find guys that are going to help you compete within your conference. And um, I, I definitely feel as of right now that I would be trying to spend most, if not all, of the MLE on the, the wing position. The, the problem is, is that this isn't really the best uh, – 
wing free agent market. So if you could get away with uh, signing a guy with half the MLE and then use uh, half the MLE on a starting point guard, maybe that's something I consider. But given how tough the market's going to be, I think some of these wings are going to be getting overpaid, uh, specifically Otto Porter Jr., but that's a, a topic for another day. But let's kind of run down each option here. Uh, so we'll start off here with Malcolm Brogdon. Now, this is one that initially I was a little bit more excited about. He's 6'5", plays defense, shoots three ball at a decent clip. The Pacers have moved in a different direction. He serves them no purpose. Uh, if they were hell-bent on getting rid of him, I think it's a it's a pretty easy situation where the Wizards could probably get him for, um, I guess, cheap, if, if that's the word that you want to use. But th- there are some risks involved with trading for Malcolm Brogdon. I think his, the, the main one is his contract, and then that, that ties with his injury history. You know, maybe if he was healthy and uh, was consistently giving you 70-plus games, that's, I'd, I'd probably sign up for that. But given he's just been so banged up over the last however many seasons now, I'm just not sure it's worth the investment because how much of a needle mover is that? Like, it helps. And this is part of the problem, too, where I've criticized in the past where it's like, we need to stop like acting like we need to get this home run to, to make a, or that we need to be competing for a championship because that's not the case. So I don't want to sound like I'm one of those guys where it's like, if we're not winning a championship, then I want nothing to do with the guy. But just his his play style in general, it's not really like, it doesn't scream needle mover. It, it, it's a great fit with what he brings to the table and adding size, three-point shooting defense, like I said. But I'm just not sure at that contract, given his injury history, if it's worth pursuing a deal. And that includes giving up either KCP or Kuzma. Like, why would I do that? They both played really well for us last year for a guy who may come in and could potentially only give you, like, 60 games. You know, that's it's something to consider because if we get rid of KCP – who was by and large our most consistent player last season. And then you give up Kuzma, who was playing like an all-star at one point, you know, is it worth giving up either one of those guys to get him? But anything you got on Brogdon now? Yeah. And I I, I feel the same way. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think I saw an article recently that the Pacers were interested in Jalen Brunson. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, if they're interested in Jalen Brunson, what does that tell you about how they feel about Brogdon? Because it's not like they're going, it's not like they're trying to move off of Brogdon and just let Tyrese Halliburton take full reign of the, the point guard spot. They're literally trying to replace Brogdon with a younger point guard who in their estimation, I believe, is is better. Um, so if that's the case, why would we trade assets for a guy that they don't want anymore? Right. Like, let them figure that out. Like, I, I, I'm not going to give you assets for a guy that I know you don't even want anymore. Um, and that, that's pretty much where I'm at with that, because there's a reason you don't want him anymore. It's something you're seeing in his medical, something you're seeing, you know, his fit on the floor, his age, whatever it may be, that you're ready to move on. So I'm not about to help you do that <laughs> um, when it's when it's clearly obvious. Yeah, and it's it's not like we can, but like it's not like KCP or Kuzma had an awful season where we could attach one of them and then say, hey, okay, you can pick a choose between Rui and Denny, Kumbaya, bada bada bing. But 
we it's it's not like that because those two played really well for us this last season. It's not like we could just do a Rui Denny for Brogdon swap straight up, which I would probably sign up for. But you know, it, it's just it's not going to happen. Um, so I mean, at this point, I'm just I'm not interested in pursuing that. So if the Pacers call us and like, hey, we'll give you Brogdon. I mean, it's like, hey, great, but I don't want to give you any of my players who were actually useful for us last year. Because at the end of the day, what well, you're trying to build. A winning roster and again i've always said you know that the idea is to, to get as many good players as you can and if you're giving up one who or, or both who are relatively healthy for most part and are younger by the way i would add uh well not well kcp is not younger but at least kcp was healthy and played more the season is and is consistently a more healthy player and, and fits a need by the way because if we lose him he's we, I, I don't he's, he's 29 right and how old is brogdon well, Brogdon was. What, I thought Brogdon was like twenty eight, twenty nine. So maybe they're around the same age. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I'm I'm just not sure that going that route makes a whole lot of sense. So I'd probably go ahead and uh, scratch the Brogdon option off the board. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm scratching them all unless the price is so cheap that it's just like, oh, you got to do it. Like if it's like Ish Smith. You know, Rui in a second. <laughs> you know, like you know, you you, you do that, but I, I don't see it being that cheap. So I, I would look, I would look elsewhere. If they did that, would we still have our? Um, we would still have our non-tax MLE, right? Because it's it's based on where you finish the season at, not what you're heading into free agency with, right? I'm not sure. Anyway, moving on. But it looks like as of right now, we would both pass on the Brogdon option. Tyus Jones is an interesting one to me, but here's how I look at it with Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones is probably going to be making what, like around Berton's money? If if we were to bring in Tyus Jones, number one, we're going to have to send something out um, because I don't think that we would have enough cap space just to sign him outright. And even if we did, um, I'm not sure what his incentive would be to just – Sign. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I'll say this: Ty Jones is like six foot, six foot one, maybe six foot two on a good day. Uh, Bradley Beal six three. We we've already complained enough about the size in the backcourt, and I know he's a good player. I know that he's a good defender, but but can he be a high level defender against starting point guards on a night in and night out basis? Are you going to be able to match up against uh, John Morant, Steph Curry. I mean, you, I know those are guys in the Western Conference, so that may not matter as much. Um, but, I mean, even point guards in our own conference, you know, can he hang with those guys for 82-plus games? So I like Tyus Jones, the player, but I and, and I, I would probably prefer this a little bit more than the Brogdon option. Well, th- depending on price, of course. But I think that Tyus Jones is going to cost a lot more than Brogdon, too, so that's something to be considered. But I kind of wanted to, to, to just see where, where your head was at on Ty. So, again, I, I think he's a good player. I just don't know if it makes sense to sign him when when you consider some of the things that Wizards fans have been complaining about already with the with, with the size and the money. You know, do, do we want to pay big money like that and make another investment like that, um, a, a free agency move where it, it may or may not work out and be worth the money? Yeah, I, I look at Ty Jones like I, I like his game, but I like his game in the role that he's in now, right? Like he's a bench, he's a he's a backup point guard. 
Um, like you said, he's a he's about six feet, buck ninety. Um, you're gonna put him next to a six foot three Bradley Beal and think you're gonna be a plus on the defensive end? I don't think so. Like I, and I get leery of of, of paying guys starter money in a contract year when they've been backups their entire career. Um, I, it's just kind of like if you're gonna do that, I'd rather go. You know, I'd rather do a Delon Wright or or make a trade. Uh, then pay a, a a guy who's been a, a reserve his whole career, and you know in his la- his contract year, you want to pay him starter money. I'm right. I, I'm good off of that. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 all the way good off of that. I feel like we learned that lesson, like you said, with Bertans. Like it's it's you know you've been a reserve for most of your career. I think that's probably where he's going to trend the rest of his career. So why would you pay him? 15, 16 million a year. Um, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. So, uh, he, and I don't like know. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'll just say he's, he's like a Cameron Payne level type player where like he's, he's not right. big enough and I don't think he gives you enough production to, to be a starter for 82 plus games. But I love him as a, as a backup point guard because he can take advantage sometimes with this physicality. And uh, the the smoothness of his game can get under some guy's skin. Like I, he's that tier type of player to me. And we all know that we wouldn't pay Cameron Payne to be our starter. So why would we pay Tyus Jones to be our starter? Totally agree. I feel like again, if you're gonna do that, I, I, you can get again. You can get you can get ninety five percent of Ty Jones to me in a Delon Wright, and he's five inches taller. And probably in a better defender, in my opinion. So, um, and he won't cost you fifteen, sixteen million a year. So, I, again, I, I would, I would pass on that. And Ty Jones would, would have to be via sign of trade, I believe, too. You would have to move right. assets. So you're losing a player to get a guy who may not actually be a starter. So it just, it's another that wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense to me. No, nope, it wouldn't either. So I think it's safe to say that we both are, are scratching this one off the, the board for us as well. Sticking with an in-house candidate, Thomas Sadoransky, I, I was very encouraged by the way that he finished the season. And look, and we've said this countless times, if if this is the, the, the route that they want to go, they want to spend cheap, um, spend bigger on the on the – the, the two, three, and four and free agencies, maybe more specifically the three and four. I think that's kind of the way that, that I would go. I know that he's not the the shooter that we've been asking for, but he is very much so the, the give you the ball, get out of the way. He's not selfish. He moves off ball. He brings size. He brings defense. Um, I definitely would not hate it. I saw Wizards fans talking on Twitter that he was going to be interested in going back overseas. I don't know if you saw anything on that. No, I didn't see that at all. Um, yeah, I didn't see that at all. Uh, I, I I don't get why he if if that was the case, why would he why would he agree to the buyout with the Spurs to come here in the first place? Like I I felt like this was an opportunity reuniting with the Wizards, uh, where he kind of knew all right, this is where I started my NBA career. I can get some good. Film on film here. I can get some good playing time, and this could be an opportunity for me next year to resign. Um, it just, it just now, it just took Wes 
too too damn long to to figure that out. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, that wouldn't make sense to me for him to do that. If, that, if he was going to do that, why didn't he just stay with Spurs and just play the year out there? Yeah, um, but I mean, either way, if he was interested in coming back, I think that this is an option that um, I would be in favor of. Uh, I wouldn't scratch this one off my board. Again, I think when you consider his play style, um, his usage rate, the the things that he brings well to the table, he's a good passer. He's just an overall, he's a solid basketball player. You know, he's he's a good teammate. Again, moves off ball, which I think is going to be huge for this team next season. We need guys like that. We don't have guys like that. Um, So I I think, you know, it may not be my number one option, and and we'll kind of go through some of the other options here, but I definitely would still consider this one. I I would have this one on my board sort of in the the back pocket in case some of these other options maybe don't uh, come to fruition. Yeah, I definitely want Sato back as the backup. Um, I think they have to maintain some continuity, and I think what they had going towards the end of the year with him and KP and you know some of the shooters on the team, I think I think that's something to build off. So I definitely want him back as a backup uh, starter, though. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that, but it's kind of like you know break glass in case of emergency. Sato would be that break glass if you can't get a deal with another. Uh, starter level guy, you know, or, or a guy that's just better than him um, to be your starter. Um, but I definitely want him back on the team as a backup at minimum. With Ishmith, I'm just kind of at the point where I'm like, no matter what direction we go in with free agency or the draft, I'm just not sure at that amount that um, it warrants bringing him back. Now, if we decline his option and he wants to come back on a veteran minimum, Maybe that's something that I consider, but I'm tired of having to to overpay guys who just, quite frankly, aren't worth the money just for the sake of doing it. And I know that can kind of tie into Beal a little bit. It's a it's a little bit of a different discussion, but just sticking on the point guards here, um, I don't know if he's worth being kept at around basically six mil. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. A guy who's undersized um, is a sneaky good defender in terms of like. He's able to to get a lot of sneaky steals. I mean, I know he's not good with staying in front of guys. He, he's a small guy. Uh, but it, it, I, I think he's a guy that no matter what, I think I would decline this option that we have on him coming up. Yeah, but I would. I love Ishmith, locker room presence, his leadership. Uh, he's just an overall good dude. And just about every player that's been a teammate of his loves him. Um, I just don't think he, he fits – on this team for what we need like he's he actually plays good defense like fundamentally sliding his feet but it's a physics thing like he's he's 5'11 6 feet tall like he just you know guys are gonna shoot over him he's small so guys are gonna move him out the way um so I I just I would I would move on he's undersized and he's not a shooter uh I I would move on I I would try to trade him first because he makes he'll make about 4.7 million Um, so I would try to include him in a trade if you can, and if not, no takers, then I would just release him. Yep, agreed. Uh, we've touched on this a little bit, that if there are two guys that are going to be in deals for salary filler, it's going to be KCP and or Ish, just because they both don't have fully guaranteed deals. Ish's contract is uh, non-guaranteed, and then uh, KCP has a 
partial guarantee of around five mil if the if the Wizards were to cut him or they were to trade him and another team decides if they want to keep him or not. Um, so either way, the Wizards are, are on hook at least for five mil for KCP, but um, nothing against them if they want to go ahead and get rid of Ish. But moving back to our candidates here, uh, DeLon Wright, who seems to be, the I think, the overwhelming sort of most popular decision on Wizards Twitter with where we would kind of go with the with the position, you know, um, solid defender, good three-point shooter. is sort of that same type with Sadoransky where he's he doesn't need to, to, to take up time out of the shot clock to size you up and make a move, isn't going to dribble, 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 step back, shoot, uh, isn't really going to turn the ball over a whole lot. Again, j- just a solid basketball player. Uh, and, and maybe a little bit more reliable than a guy like Sadoransky. I think he has a little bit more raw talent than he does. But I know that you've been a fan of DeLon Wright for a while now. He was a defender in college. Um, that's kind of what he's always hung his hat on is, is locking guys up. And he's been out of the league. He's just kind of been in situations where he wasn't getting opportunities because he was playing behind, you know, an all-star level point guard. Um, I think here he would be kind of like Sato plus like they're about the same size, same type of games. But but I think Wright is a better defender and a better shooter. And he just kind of blends like I I think he can have the same type of impact for the Wizards as Derek White did for the uh, the Celtics in that trade. Um, Where he's not, you know, he's not a bona fide starter, but he's he's probably finishing games for you. And defensively, he just he just gets it done. Um, he just makes the right play um, on offense. It's an open shot. He's going to hit it, um, makes the extra pass, and he just guards, man. I, I think they need, they need more of those type of guys on the roster that don't need the ball to be effective players on the court. I agree, and I'm just in more favor of the guys in general that you don't have to, to trade anything for to get just because we – we have a lot of holes throughout the roster, specifically with the with the wing positions where we would like to spend our our free agency money and maybe even our, our draft pick that we have coming up. Uh, uh, which, by the way, we got the NBA draft lottery coming up, and I'm praying, praying. Imagine if we got a top four pick. Imagine if we got the number one pick. You know how crazy that would be. Um, but another topic again for a different day, but. Um, I'm definitely more in favor of going the Sadoransky, DeLon Wright, and then we'll get into John here in a second. Um, I'm definitely more in favor of going that route than having to give something up to bring a guy back who probably isn't going to live up to the contract um, or is just injured all the time, whatever. Because Tommy has now addressed the point guard position by getting Russell Westbrook, who was terrible, and then by getting Spencer Dinwiddie, who was also terrible. So do I really want him to be the one to invest all this money on another point guard again? Not really. It's it's not really on the top of my list. So, uh, But I, I definitely think that out of the options that we've talked about right now, I think that DeLon Wright would be my number one option. What do you think? If uh, I would say DeLon Wright, um, and if he was made available, maybe a DeAnthony uh, Melton, but I don't know if, sure. if Memphis makes him available, especially if they lose Ty Jones in free agency. Um, 
it, it would just depend on a lot of other factors. So, uh, but yeah, DeLon Wright for me would be up top of the list. Um, given price, age, skill set, uh, the whole nine there. A lot of Wizards fans have mentioned Ricky Rubio. Um, I, I have no desire to go that route, just sort of given what we had to deal with the past couple seasons with the with the injuries to the position. And now Beal has proven that he can miss some time for different reasons. And I know that Ricky Rubio, for the most part, has been a healthy and reliable. And it's not like he's an athletic freak where he's going to jump and put himself, or put himself in position to break his leg every game. But I... It's just, it's a big risk, man. And I tell you, and he's going to require most, if not all, of the MLE. If you bring that guy in here to play 50, 60 games and he doesn't play that great, it's it's going to piss a lot of people off. Uh, so uh, Ricky Rubio is just not a, a player that I would consider. Now, if he was healthy, I think this would be a perfect, perfect fit. But just given the injury and then how much he's going to cost, I'm going to pass on Ricky Rubio. Yeah, he's had an injury history. Like he's only played seventy plus games four times in his career. Like, I, oh really? Oh, I thought yeah, it was so he's, good. he's missed. He's missed. He's missed a lot of time before. Um, I, I wouldn't do it. Like you know, you just came off of a guy, a point guard coming off ACL, not doing it again for another one that's even older. Uh, you know, he'd be thirty. What thirty two now? Nah, yeah, I'm not thirty two coming off ACL. I'm good. What do you think about Dennis Schroeder? See, I, I like Schroeder, but I don't like him as a lead ball handler um, where he's trying to orchestrate the offense. Like, I, I think I think the Lakers thought that's what the guy they were getting. He ain't that. Um, I think the Celtics thought that was a guy that they were getting, and he's not that. Like, he's not a lead distributor. He is a six-man combo guard that comes off the bench and just go get buckets and run, pick, and roll a hundred times and mm-hmm. tries to score. Uh, he's not a guy that you know gets others involved. Uh, if you're asking him to do that, you're going to have similar issues that you had with Dinwiddie. Uh, if I like this for the fit a little bit, I wish he was a little bit bigger. Uh, but but Patty Mills, uh, this is a guy. Uh, he, he's a guy I mentioned before. Excellent three point shooter. Um, great teammate. Doesn't need to have the ball a lot. Where Beal can. What we talked about point Beal a lot in the past. I think we would see that a lot more. That fits with Kuzma if you want to give him the ball a lot more. Um, I just wish he was a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the defense too. He don't really defend. So. Yeah, tired of being bad at defense. It's like we, yeah. we signed all these guys who like were, were like, yeah, they're going to help us on the offensive end, but then we wonder why we're bad on defense every year. Just I'm, I'm tired of doing that. Um, at some point, like, I mean, some of it falls on West, but at some point, man, you got to give them defenders, like guys that have a pedigree uh, to, to guard the ball. And we got to get much better at the point of attack on defense. And Dennis Schroeder is not going to help you do that. <laughs> Right. It's it, like I was saying to Kevin um, on the episode he was on, you know, it's uh, our, our three main players right now, Beal, Kuzma, KP. None of them are objectively good defenders, but then come March, we're going to be bitching at West because they can't play defense. Uh, so, you know, y- y- you got to try and prioritize that a little bit more, uh, the defensive end, which brings us to our next candidate, Corey Joseph. 
What do you think about him? I like Corey Joseph. Like, he's kind of... I feel like he's kind of in that De'Anthony Melton type up where he's just a dog on defense. Um, I don't know much about his point guard chops, though. Uh, and then the shooting is kind of questionable. Um, but I, I would, I could understand Tommy's thinking if he went that direction. Um, and he's a free agent or it will have to come via trade? I think he's a free agent because I think here, I can double check this real quick. Just sorry. I'll, I'll try and edit this out or maybe I won't. Um, let me see. Corey Joseph is a free agent. I th- or no, 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 no. Well, he has a player option that he has to decide on by the end of June for a little over five mil. But I think that if he signed with us, for example, I think we'd probably give him a little bit more than that. I think we'd probably give him around seven or eight. So yeah, it looks like he just had his best shooting season of the of his career. Um, but yeah, given the price, I don't think he would cost a lot. I feel like you can get him at cheaper than the MLE, so he could be an option too. He he's six three, so he's not small. Um, and he guards. He has a pedigree for guarding the ball. His point of attack defense is really good. So. Um, the, the question with him is just the three-point shooting. I don't know that he shoots it at a at a level where he has any type of gravity, where a team is like scared of him spotting up. So then it becomes a spacing issue with you know him next to Beal. Mm. Yeah, same thing with Sadoransky though. But I mean, again, I think I think like Corey or like Sato, I think Corey can find a little bit. He, he he would find a way to be useful, I'm sure. He, he, he's a smart veteran player. I'm sure Corey Joseph would be able to figure it out. I think I'm more concerned about addressing the, the defense right now than I am more about trying to make sure things fit on offense because we have naturally skilled offensive players. I'm, I'm not as much concerned about that side of the floor than I am uh, addressing the defense at this point. Again, I'm tired of not addressing the defense and then wondering why we're bad at defense in March and April. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm with you. I just don't want to go too far to the other extreme where you know, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to sign a bunch of Andre Robertsons and sure. <laughs> you know we're still because we were a bottom ten offense this year too. You know, it wasn't like uh, you know we had this this top fifteen, top ten offense this season. Um, but I, I will say that there were some you know injuries and stuff like that. KP got here at trade deadline, um, and so. You know, there were reasons behind that, but uh, yeah, they need to address both, honestly. So going back to DeAnthony Melton here for a second, because that's an option that I like too. He has two years left on his deal. I'm I'm just not sure what we have to offer them that they would want for him. Like KCP, I guess, but again, if how much does that really help you? Yeah, it, it, it would. And then, and again, I don't know that they're doing it, especially if they lose. Uh, Ty Jones. Right. Yeah, and, and KCP costs more than Melton, too. So it, it's almost like right. there there's no incentive to, to do that deal if you're Memphis. So, I mean, that's a guy that I'd like. I, I just don't know from Memphis's point of view. They they probably could find a better suitor, I would think, if, if they wanted to go that direction. But like you said, 
with Lewis and Tyus Jones now, I mean, he's probably going to slide in. And now that Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks seem to be that those two that they want to pair next to Ja, Melton's going to be that guy off the bench now that's going to need the ball because they're not going to re-sign Tyus at that money. It doesn't make sense for them to. Um, last one here before we get to John. Kendrick Nunn. Um, Kendrick Nunn is a... He, he was a really solid player in Miami. Uh, let me try and pull up his stats here real quick so I can look at it. But he didn't play this year, I don't think, because of an injury. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, if I remember correctly, he was on the first first team all rookie. Uh, about 15 points a game, three assists, three rebounds. 85% free throw shooter. Uh, oh, wow. He was a 93% free throw shooter in 2020-21. Yeah, like, yeah, he was really good. That's why I just, again, coming off the injury, like, I haven't seen him. The, the, no. the difference to me between Kendrick Nunn and those other guys that we've talked about with injury is he's not going to cost nowhere near as much, and we don't have to trade for him. Like, I feel like you can get him on a vet minimum. Um, just take a flower. Even if you had to pay him, like, because he, the Lakers are paying him what? Then you factor in that we're a smaller market. So even say we paid him like seven, eight mil for like a year. I mean, I, I could get on board with that. It wouldn't be my most favorite option in the world, but you could sell me on that. It's no liability attached. His injury was was it his ACL? No, it was um. It was something small, I think. Hold on. It's just, I think it was sort of that thing where it nagged and lingered. Uh, hold on. What was it? Was a bone bruise. Oh, wait. None missing. An ankle injury. Oh, yeah. It was a bone bruise and an ankle. So. The whole year? Yeah, the, the bone bruise in his right knee. That's what this is telling me here. Uh, I mean, he can shoot it. That's for damn sure. Um, well, he, he shot above average for both of his years. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, as I remember, he was on the all-rookie team. Like, he was he was a player. Uh, and then he just kind of fell out of the rotation with the Heat, and then they just they shipped him. So, weird. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I would put that as like kind of another break ga- glass in case of emergency type option. Um, but he wouldn't be he wouldn't be my first first or second choice. That's for sure. Okay, um, we're, we're not going to spend any time talking on the Dejounte Murray. In summary, would love to have him, but we don't have enough to get him. So nothing to talk about there. Uh, John Wall. I'll let you start with John and tell me what you you think about it. Have you thought any more about it, uh, given what he might cost? I still think it's it's less liability than like trading for like Brogdon or whomever. But um, I, I'll let you take Wall. Yeah, I mean it's going to cost probably the MLE at minimum, um, and it's tough, man, because <laughs> you know. The, the the fan to me is like, man, do it, do it, do it. The fans I know would get behind it. Uh, you know, the 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 hype video, the the 
his return video would be crazy. But I, I just think, man, if it went bad, it would go really, really bad. Um, and then for it to even happen, it's a lot of things that will have to um, be uh, atoned for. And I don't know that we're at that point relationship-wise between Wall and owner. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, I just think it's time to just move on from that. Like, I would love it as a fan again, but the, my logic, my head is just telling me don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But uh, but as far as a basketball fit, he fits in theory uh, as a guy because we know Wall is one of the best passers to, to really ever shoot him up over the last decade. Um, and, you know, we kind of need that. We need a guy that can connect it connect the guys and get us easy offense, especially in transition. Um, but again, he's coming off a year. He didn't play, um, you know, the injuries, the age, you know, it's big questions, man. And you will have to really, you will have to really be confident that those wouldn't have, wouldn't be issues going into this, this very pivotal year for the wizards. You know what I miss? I miss having attitude on this team. I miss having someone at the point of attack that'll tell you you suck and that you're not shit and that you can't keep up. And I I think that's a very underrated aspect of having John, someone like John on this team to to where he'll he'll do those things and he'll get after. Now, he's not going to be perfect all the time. Um, His issues during his time here are well documented. And I would agree that the the biggest holdup is probably the whatever gripe Ted had with him, and they would have to to talk it out. And maybe they don't even necessarily have to to get along or, or see completely eye to eye, but just have that business understanding. Like, hey, you know, um, I need you, you need me. Let's just work it out, and you know, we'll we'll just do the best you can on the court, and you no, know, just take it from there. But we're really missing someone with some attitude on this team that we got with the with the 2016 2017 team. Even with a guy like like Markeith Morris, just overall, just like what, what Tommy's been trying to to build this team with choir boys and and Boy Scouts. You need someone with with some attitude on this team, and, and I think that outside of the talent that he already brings, I, th- I think that John would be the guy out of the, of all the the ones that we've talked about that would sort of maybe be like an energizer in a sense, you know, get the crowd going, get under guy's skin. You know, I, I think it would be a really good fit. And then the, the picture that Kuzma put out there, you know, got everyone really excited. He knew what he was doing too. Kuzma knew damn well what he was doing when he was, when he posted that. So it, it makes you wonder, you know, it really does. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't I don't think that was posted, you know, just on a whim. Like Kuzma definitely know what's up. Um he's got a he got a post on the fan base for sure. So uh but yeah, I, I just think, man, like I say, the fan of me would love it, but I'm just looking at him the last time we saw him play with the Rockets, he was twenty and seven and he was shooting 40% from the field, 31% from the free throw, and about 70% from the free throw line. I don't know. I don't know that that is the best fit. John's always shot around 30% from three, though. Like, he's never been a good three-point shooter. 
Yeah, but he but it was offset by his ability to finish at the rim. And, you know, he was like mid 40s, upper 40s, uh, one of the best rim finishers in the league. And with an Achilles injury and his other lower extremity injuries, if you take that away from him, then what is he? Um, and, and would he be willing to accept a more reduced role where he's off the ball more? And can he be impactful that way? Can Wall be impactful without having the ball and having a 30% usage? My my response to that would be, where else are you going to get it where it's any better? I mean, it... it, it... What, what are you going to do? Go play for the Thunder? You going to go play for the Kings? Like... There, there's nowhere else like where, where teams need a starting point guard where you would get to be like more of a guy. Now, I, I guess the the Clippers are, are, are an option, but I mean, again, the 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 pickings are, are, are slim here for him. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like I I feel like no matter where he goes, he's gonna have to take a reduced role. I don't think a team is gonna let him have thirty percent usage anymore. Um. So, again, it's like... Well, you got to earn that, you know? Can you be effective without the ball? Can you cut? You know, you can't just pass the ball and then just stand in the corner and watch. You know, can you play off the ball and, and be effective that way? Can you play point-of-attack defense when you're not getting touches? Uh, that, that's that's the thing for me. And if he's not going to be able to do that, I'm just not sure a team going to buy in. Um, so out of all these options that we've talked about, at least, that I would be interested in. Um, so I have John, I have Nunn, I have Corey Joseph, DeLon Wright, and Sadoransky. I think the the order I would go with this would be John. I think I'd go Wright second. I'd go Nunn third. And then I'd go Sato fourth, and I'd go Corey Joseph last. But that's the order how I'd kind of have it. If we could get John DeLon Wright or Kendrick Nunn, I think that would be a pretty solid get for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, given the options, you know, unless we're going big game hunting. um, You know, if you're going to make a trade, make a real trade that moves the needle. But don't make a middling trade that kind of, you know, you kind of stay the same because you're giving up assets to get back a player who doesn't really push you over the hump. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of there with you. Uh, the, the John Wall thing is a little dicey for me because, like I say, I got one side of the brain telling me do it, do it, do it. And I know the fans would definitely jump behind it. But the other part of it is just kind of like, if it got ugly, man, I just feel like that would be a horrible, horrible breakup. Um, well, great. And then we would probably be rebuilding, and then that's where we all want to be anyway. So, I mean, either.
Either way, yeah, I think two way street. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I think that's uh, uh, so. Who would your number one option be out of everyone that we talked about? You're going with Delon, right? Delon would be one. Uh, I mean, I would probably go. Yeah, Delon would be number one. Number two would probably be Melton for me. Um, and number three, probably Wall. For Sato, um, and yeah, I just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, it's all of our options here. Also, uh, you know, they they don't have to do with any deal with any trades. So I think that's kind of the constant theme here. We're definitely hoping that they don't go in that direction. Unless, again, if you're telling me Shea Gildas Alexander or Dejounte Murray's coming here, well, then sure, sign me up for whatever the hell is in the package, but. It's just not happening. We don't have enough to make that happen. Even for DeAnthony Melton, I, I, I don't think that we have enough to make that happen. Uh, but I think that's a good place to leave it off for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure that you rate us five stars on whatever platform you listen from. Leave us a review. Later on in the offseason, we're going to have Chase Hughes back on. That's going to be, I think, some point before the draft. We're going to have Chris Miller on at some point after the draft but before free agency starts i would imagine some point around summer league and we're going to have a lot of good draft talk coming up we're going to prepare you guys for the draft maybe do some pre-free agency type stuff and of course we'll we'll, we'll be ready to react to the to lotter- the lottery next week maybe we'll do um if we move on maybe we'll do like a twitter space or something um emergency purposes only if we, if we stay at 10 or move back whatever i mean there's no point in doing that um but you know if, if we move up to top four i mean we're gonna have to get on live with the people and talk about it but thanks for listening to our point guard episode here and uh we'll see you next week
She got 